All right, folks. We are jumping to the uh, scriptures from Nag Hammadi. And to me, this is scriptures from Alexandria, Egypt, which... You know, I looked on the map, I always thought Egypt of the pyramids and all this stuff, but Alexandria is actually right to the west of the Red Sea, and Jerusalem is about the same distance to the other opposite way. And we know that the Pharisees and Sadducees are the ones that crucified, killed Jesus Christ. So anyway, this is... uh, I'm just going to read through. It's the Gospel of Truth. Uh, It's called the Coptic Text. Um, I'm not going to read all the... references, but the first verse, it says the Gospel of the Truth. It says, the gospel of truth is joy for people who have received grace from the Father of truth, that they might know him through the power of the word. And it references to John 1.1 in the New Testament. It says, the word references, quote, the word is added here for below for clarification. It says, has come from the fullness And the Father's thought and mind. The word is called Savior, a term that refers to the work he is to do to redeem those who had not known the Father. And the term gospel refers to the revelation of hope, since it is the means of discovery for those who seek him. Next chapter, next verse, ignorance brings error. It says, all have sought for the one from whom they have come forth. All have been within him. The illimitable, the inconceivable, who is beyond all thought. But ignorance of the Father brought terror and fear, and terror grew dense like a fog so that no one could see. Thus error grew powerful. She worked on her material substance in vain. And it has a reference. It says here error is personified and feminine in gender. Her role with that of wisdom, Sophia, and the demurrage elsewhere in Gnostic text. It says, since she did not know the truth, she assumed a fashioned figure and prepared with power and a beauty, a substitute for truth. This was not humiliating for the illimitable, inconceivable one. For this terror and forgetfulness and this deceptive figure were as nothing, whereas established truth is unchanging unperturbed and beyond beauty. For this reason, despise error 
error had no root. And it says literally she had no root. She was in a fog regarding the Father. She was there preparing works and deeds of forgetfulness and fear in order by them to attract those of the middle and to take them captive. And it says the middle is the region between the fullness of the divine above and this world below. Going on, it says the forgetfulness of error was not apparent. It is not. And there is a missing translation. It says from the Father. Forgetfulness did not come into being from the Father. But if he did come into being, it was because of him. And... I'm just going to read. I'm not going to read any more of the references. It says, What comes into being within him is knowledge, which appeared so that forgetfulness might be destroyed and the Father might be known. Forgetfulness came into being because the Father was not known. So as soon as the Father comes to be known, forgetfulness will cease to be. Next chapter. Or verse that says, Jesus as fruit of knowledge. <sighs> this is the gospel of him who they seek, revealed to the perfect, perfect through the Father's mercy. Through the hidden mystery, Jesus Christ enlightened those who were in darkness because of forgetfulness. He enlightened them and showed the way. And that way is the truth he taught them. And it does reference John 14, verse 6. Going on, it says, For this reason, error was angry with him and persecuted him, but she was restrained by him and made powerless. He was nailed to a tree, and he became fruit of the knowledge of the Father. The fruit of the tree, however, did not bring destruction when it was eaten, but rather it caused those who ate of it to come into being. They were joyful in this discovery, and he found them within himself, and they found him within themselves. And it says this reference to the tree recalls both the tree on which Jesus was crucified and the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. And it says, And as for the illimitable and inconceivable perfect Father who made all, the, in capital letters, all, is within him and needs him, although he kept him within himself, their perfection, which he had not given to all. All. The Father was not jealous. What jealousy could there be between himself and his own members? For even if the members of the eternal realm, and it says Aeon here and below, had received their perfection, they could not have approached the Father. He kept their perfection within himself giving it to them as a means to return to him with complete, single-minded knowledge. He is the one who set thee all in order 
and the all is within him. The all was in need of him just as a person who is not known to other people wants them to know him and love him. And what did they all need if not the knowledge of the Father? And it goes on, Jesus as guide and teacher. It says, he became a guide, a person of rest who was busy in places of instruction. He came forward and spoke the word as a teacher. Those wise in their own eyes came to test him, but he refuted them. For they were foolish, and they hated him, because they were not really wise. After them came the children, who have knowledge of the Father. When they gained strength and learned about the expressions of the Father, they knew they were known, they were glorified, they gave glory. The next verse, next one is the living book is revealed it says in their hearts the living book of the living was revealed the book that was written in the father's thought and mind and was since the foundation of the all in his incomprehensible nature no one had been able to take up this book since it was ordained that the one who would take it up would be slain And nothing could appear among those who believed in salvation unless that book had come out. For this reason, the merciful, faithful Jesus was patient and accepted his sufferings to the point of taking up that book, since he knew that his death would be life for many. And it references Hebrews 2.17, Mark 10.45, 1 Timothy 2 verse 6 going on it says as in the case of a will that has not been opened the fortune of the deceased owner of the house is hidden so also in the case of all that had been hidden while the father of the all was invisible but that issues from him from whom every realm comes And now we have a quote. It says, Jesus appeared, put on that book, was nailed to a tree, and published the Father's edict on the cross. Oh, what a great teaching. He humbled himself even unto death. Though clothed in eternal life, he stripped off the perishable rags, which is our flesh, and clothed himself in incorruptibility which no one can take from him. And this references to Philippians 2, 5 through 11. It says the reference to the perishable rags describes the physical body of Jesus. Going on, it says, when he entered the empty ways of fear, he passed by those stripped by forgetfulness, for he encompassed encompasses knowledge and perfection, and he proclaims what is in the heart. He teaches those who will learn, and those who will learn are the living who were inscribed in the book of the living. 
they learn about themselves, receiving instruction from the Father, returning to Him. Since the perfection of the all is in the Father, all must go up with Him, to Him. When all have received knowledge, they receive that is theirs and draw it to themselves. For those who are ignorant are in need, and their need is great, because they because they need what would make them perfect. Since the perfection of the all is in the Father, all must go up to him and receive what is theirs. He inscribed these things first, having prepared them to be given to those who came from him. Going on, it says, The Father utters the name of people who know. It says, Those whose names he knew at the beginning were called at the end, as it is with every person who has knowledge. Such names the Father has uttered. One whose name has not been spoken is ignorant, for how could a person hear if that person's name had not been pronounced? Whoever remains ignorant until the end is a creature of forgetfulness and will perish with it. Otherwise, why do these wretches have no name? Why no voice? So, whoever has knowledge is from above. If called, that person hears, replies, turns to the one who is calling, and goes up to him. He knows how he is called. That person has knowledge and does the will of him who called. That person wishes to please him, find rest, and has the appropriate name. Those who have knowledge in this way know where they come from and where they are going. They know as one who, having become intoxicated, has turned from his drunkenness and, have be- and having come to his senses, have gotten control of himself. He has brought many back from error. And it says he is apparently the Savior, (laughs) has brought many back from error. He went before them to the places from which they had turned when they followed error because of the depth of him who surrounds every place, though nothing surrounds him. Indeed, it is amazing that they were in the Father without knowing him, and that they could leave on their own, since they were not able to contemplate or know the one in whom they were. For if his will had not come from him, he revealed it as knowledge that is in harmony with the expressions of his will, that is, knowledge of the living book, which he revealed to the eternal realms at the end of his letters, he showed that they are not merely vowels or consonants, so that one may read them and think them devoid of meaning. Rather, they are letters of truth. They speak and know themselves. Each letter is a perfect truth. It says, like a perfect book, for they are letters written in unity written by the Father for the eternal realms, 
so that by means of his letters they might come to know the Father. Period. Now it goes to the word of the Father appears. And this is a... uh, In quotes or psalm or... It says, as for the word, his wisdom meditates on it. Wisdom, it references to Sophia. His teaching utters it. His knowledge has revealed it. His patience is a crown upon it. His joy is a harmony with it. His glory has exalted it. His character has revealed it. His rest has received it. His love has incarnated it. His faith has embraced it. Thus the Father's word goes out in all as the fruition of his heart and expression of his will. It supports all and chooses all. It also takes the expression of of all and prayerifies it bringing it back to the Father, to the Mother, Jesus of infinite sweetness. And it references 1 Peter 2, verse 2 through 3. The Father opens his bosom, and his bosom is the Holy Spirit. He reveals his hidden self, and his hidden self is his Son, so that through the Father's mercy, the eternal realms may know him. And their wearying search for the Father and rest in Him, knowing that He is rest. For He has fulfilled what was deficient and has done away with its appearance. The mere appearance of what was deficient in the world and mere appearance serves in the world. For where there is envy and strife, there is deficiency. But where there is unity, there is completeness. Since deficiency came about because the Father was not known, from the moment when the Father is known, deficiency will cease to be. As one's ignorance about another vanishes when one gains knowledge, and as darkness departs when light comes, so also deficiency disappears in completeness. From then on, the world of appearance will no longer be evident, but rather it will disappear in the harmony of unity. Now, the works of all lie scattered. In time, unity will make the heavenly places complete, and in unity, all individually will come to themselves By means of knowledge, they will purify themselves from multiplicity into unity, devouring matter within themselves like fire, darkness by light, death by life. Since these things have happened to each of us, it is right for us to see to it, above all, that this house be holy and silent for the sake of unity." And the next one is parable of broken jars. It says, This is like people who move from one house to another. They had jars around that were not good, and they broke, but the owner suffered no loss. Rather, the owner 
was glad because instead of these defective jars, they, there were full jars that were perfect. This is the judgment that has come from above and has judged every person. A drawn two-edged sword cutting on this side and that, since the word that is in the heart of those who speak the word appeared. And it references on the two-edged sword, it references Hebrews 4, verse 12, Revelation 2, verse 12, 16, also Revelation 19, 15. It says, Philo of Alexandria, who is the heir of divine things, 130 through 40. <coughs> it says, the owner was glad because instead of the, well, hold on, I'm mixed up. It is not merely a sound, but it was embodied. A great disturbance occurred among the jars, for some were empty and others were filled. Some were ample and some were, and others were depleted. Some were purified and others broken. All the realms were shaken and disturbed, for they had no order or stability. Error was agitated, and she did not know what to do. She was troubled, she lamented, she attacked herself because she knew nothing. And it says, or, and cried out that she understood nothing. For knowledge which leads to the destruction of error and all her expressions approached. Error is empty. There is nothing within her. And I love that verse. I love that. That reminds me of all organized religion. Anyway, the next one is the appearance of truth and the emanations of the Father. It says, truth appeared and all its expressions recognized it. They greeted the Father in truth and power that is complete and joins them with the Father. Whoever loves truth, whoever touches truth, touches the Father's mouth because truth is the Father's mouth. His tongue is the Holy Spirit, and from his tongue one will receive the Holy Spirit. This is the manifestation of the Father and his revelation to his eternal realms. He revealed his hidden self and explained it. For who is anything with, within if not the Father alone? And it goes on. And the realms are from him. They know that they have come from him as children who were within a mature person, but who knew that they had not yet received form or been given a name. The Father brings forth each of them when they receive the essence of his knowledge. Otherwise, though they were in him, they could not know him. The Father is perfect, and he knows every realm within himself. If he wishes, what he wishes appears when he gives it form and a name, and he does give it a name. He brings into being those who before coming into being were ignorant 
of the one who made them. I am not saying that those who have not come to be are nothing. They are within one who may wish that they come into being if at some future point he so wishes. And it says the authors writing in the first person singular notes that they have potential, if not actual existence. On the one hand, he knows before anything appears what he will produce. On the other hand, the fruit that has not yet appeared knows nothing and does nothing. Thus, each realm in the Father comes from what is, but what has set, its, set itself up is from what is not. For whatever has no root has no fruit. And although thinking, quote, I have come into being, unquote, I will perish by itself. So whatever does not exist will never exist. What then does he want such a one to think? Is it this, quote, I have come into being like shadows and phantoms of the night, unquote. When the light shines, the person knows the terror that had been experienced was nothing. And it says, going on, let's see how far we 